I think for me personally, the vision, I think for all us, our founders at Afrimat Hemp, was to make a to make a real difference. For me personally, I have uh, I have two young kids, and I would love to leave the planet in a better place, or at least not a worse off place, uh, when I leave this this planet one day. And I think that's something that's uh, that's quite personal, quite uh, that's that's feeling my passion. So so yeah, hopefully leave a leave a better leave a legacy, leave a better planet for my kids for one day. Welcome to Empower, the first real fire property platform on Cardano that combines emerging technology, sustainable building, and decentralized financial inclusion. My name is Blaine, and I'm the sustainability architect here at Empower. And on this podcast, we'll be sharing conversations based around Empower's three key principles of building, community, and impact. If you want to join our journey and help us build a better future with Empower, then make sure to subscribe and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the Empower podcast. My name is Blaine and today we're joined by Bossy, co-founder of Aframat Hemp. Uh, cheers, Bossy, for coming on the show. No worries. Uh, thanks, Blaine. Thanks for, for having me here. No worries. So today we're going to be talking about hempcrete and the things relating to that. Uh, which obviously links um, to what we're trying to do here at Empower with climate smart sort of uh, practices and, and solutions that we try to integrate into what we do. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're into green building or um, innovations relating to hemp and things like that, then feel free to stick around. Um, but to start us off, we'll begin with an introduction. So Bossy, can you please tell the podcast a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure, Blaine. Um, yeah, so as Blaine said, my name is Bossy Miller, and we uh, I head up a company called Afrimat Hemp. Um, Afrimat Hemp is, uh, is, a, is a startup company uh, we founded last year, July, and uh, it's actually it was a, it was a R&D project uh, that started off uh, 2018 uh, in our group Afrimat. Uh, so Afrimat is a is a listed um, mid-tier mining company, and we we've done some some R and D work uh, with one of our lime businesses, Cab Lime, um, on basically uh, uses and more alternative uses uh, to lime, but specifically focusing on the the sort of climate challenges and part of our carbon strategy, um, and we we basically. Um, uh, did some R and D work on a project in Cape Town, uh, which is a big uh, impactal that's also also been re- recently in the in the media. Um, and yeah, we we've been busy now for a for basically a year a year and a little bit uh, with with Afrimat Imp, and we focus on on green construction materials, bio based construction materials, specifically Imp. And also uh, focusing on on the processing uh, of it from from raw material into usable uh, industrial uh, products, specifically in the in the hemp sector. Interesting, the the hemp the hemp hotel kind of rolls off the tongue. It's, it's kind of a <laughs> hemp hotel. So that's that's in yes. Cape Town. It's been dubbed the, the tallest uh, building uh, in the world where, where Hempcrete was used. Uh, so it's a 12-story building. Um, and just uh, to be clear, there's a lot of con- there was a bit of confusion after uh, the, the press release 
the building does consist out of a structural element, which is concrete. So it's a concrete shell. And then the infill walls will be done with hempcrete uh, uh, blocks. Mm -hmm. uh, so hempcrete is a non-structural infill product and not a structural uh, construction material. Mm. It's still the, the highest uh, hemp building in the world. Yes. 12 stories. Interesting. 12 stories, um, yeah. 12 stories. So for those that don't know what hempcrete is, uh, what is hempcrete? And if you have a, a presentational slideshow, we can uh, maybe sure. share that if you want. Can you see the screen? Uh, it's just loading. We'll give it a second or two. Yeah, there we go. We can see it. All right. So, so yeah, um, I think to start off by, you know, uh, what is hempcrete? I think we, um, with, with this building and with, with what we're doing currently, um, if I get a a one rand coin for every joke that I've heard about, mm -hmm. um, you know, what happens if the hemp hotel or hemp house burns down, everybody will be happy or I, <laughs> uh, then I would have probably been a millionaire by now. You'd be a billionaire, yeah. Um, and that's normally always my my kind of uh, intro joke to, to any presentation. Um, so, but yeah, I think uh, I think the interesting thing about hempcrete is, is that it's, there's a real science behind hempcrete. It's not just another... Um, you know, hippie construction material. Um, so, and and basically, as I mentioned, it is a. Um, sorry, I just want to get my. There we go. Yeah. It is a a non-structural infill um, construction material. So so lightweight, much lighter than your your kind of um, normal masonry products. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's something that we see, especially post COVID in Cape Town. That's that's quite um, um, that's quite in demand is lightweight construction materials. Um, so after COVID, a lot of the commercial buildings uh, people start realizing that they can work remotely, and businesses realize that it actually works quite well and they can they can uh, reduce costs that way. So a lot of these commercial buildings are being uh, converted into residential buildings. And uh, one of the, the advantages of using a lightweight uh, building material, infill building material like him, for instance, uh, is that you don't have to alter your substructure. Um, so there's some cost reduction in your your concrete and your steel in your substructure. You basically just uh, alter your internal walls. So that's a trend that we, we're seeing in Cape Town um, that's or you know post COVID happening, um, but yeah, as as I said, it's a lightweight non-structural infill material. Uh, there's sometimes confusion amongst uh, the public, you know, that you can um, replace concrete directly with hempcrete, and I presume I, th I think it's the the Crete uh, word that sometimes get people confused. But you still need a substructural element like concrete, steel, timber. Um, or even uh, sort of masonry bricks and so on to to keep your your roof structure, and then your um, I think one thing that hemp is very good at is its ability to insulate. So and that's thermal insulation and also um, acoustic sound insulation, um, and then the other advantage is humidity regulation. So with hempcrete, um, the whole methodology around hempcrete is you. It's a it's a vapor permeable, it's a breathable building system. So the, the the mortar and the plasters and also the paints that we use, it's all vapor permeable. 
So it's all cement-free construction. Um, it's uh, it's lime-based plasters that we're using. So it does allow um, a sort of an element of waterproofing. So there's no no water ingress. But if you have any moisture in your in your wall, it it escapes through through evaporation. Um, and that's what makes this building system so interesting around um, humidity regulation. Um, we we're currently busy with a project in in Mozambique. Um, I mean, we're with you with you guys, and it will be interesting. We're busy probing up that uh, project uh, in terms of temperature sensors and so forth. And uh, we are looking forward to actually seeing the the results on the humidity re regulation. Uh, like a place like Mozambique, which is well known for for humidity mm. regulation. Mm. Um, but yeah, the hemp grid is basically consists of of hemp. So um, I don't even want to use the word cannabis um, because that instantly bring uh, uh, you know a sort of a stigma that we we're trying to get away from. Um, but but it's part of the cannabis family. So hemp is uh, is where your your cannabis plant is. Is, is, the THC component is less than 0.2%. In South Africa and some countries, uh, the, the THC limitations are, are different, but in South Africa, it's 0.2%. And we use the stalk of the plant um, with a lime formulation uh, to give uh, to, to make up the product, hempcrete. So hempcrete is basically hemp and lime uh, mixed together. And the interesting part, if I sort of get to the to the science of it, um, uh, is the the fire resistance. So just uh, you see on the next slide, just uh, mm -hmm. the range of products that we do. Um, we've done some uh, fire ratings earlier in the year, and again, if you look at, let's say, uh, straw and clay or uh, wood chips and cement, because we get this question quite often, you know, why specifically hempcrete? Why not any other kind of material? I think the interesting thing about hempcrete is that um, you, it's, it's, it's got a great fire resistance. And the reason for that, for this is that the lime actually um, uh, impregnate the, the hemp, the hemp is porous and the lime actually uh, fuses chemically with the, um, with, with the hemp. Uh, to give you that fire-resistant properties. Um, we, we've got some universities, local universities here in the Western Cape doing some research on the product. Um, and the, one of the professors phoned me recently and said, yes, we are, we've tried to, to ignite this product, but we just can't get it. What is in this? And I think, uh, again, it's just the basic science of, of Um So, yeah, it, it, makes it, it makes it very interesting. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I think then just in terms of of you know hempcrete as a bio-based building material. If you look at you know you were you were using the word climate smart, I think this you know hempcrete is one of the most uh, probably climate smart um, construction materials out there at the moment. Uh, hemp is known as one of the fastest uh, CO2 to biomass tools available. Uh, if we look at our current global warming situation climate situation, uh, the construction sector, building construction sector, uh, contributes to about 40% of total global emissions. And of that 40%, 10% is embodied carbon footprint and 30% is operational carbon footprint. So that's your typically your energy use, um, heating and cooling. Um, and when global targets are set uh, for 2030, 
um, to have uh, you know buildings with 40% less embodied carbon emissions, and then by 2050, 100% uh, net zero emission buildings. And the big question at the moment, uh, specifically, uh, we're working with some big contractors in Cape Town, who's also tendering on some uh, carbon neutral projects coming out uh, in the next year or two. Um, you know, they they not really sh know yet how to achieve these type of um, uh, targets. Mm -hmm. And I think a answer it's not the only answer, but a answer is a is a bio based uh, material like hempcrete. So just a bit of explanation, hemp. Um, it's got a very short short growth cycle, about four months, and it, it can absorb up to 15 tons of CO2 per hectare. Uh, when you process this hemp material, you take the material and you put it into a block, uh, like a hempcrete block or hempcrete in situ casting, you effectively trap or store this carbon. Um, and that's why it's the embodied carbon footprint uh, is such a such a no-brainer from a from a from a green uh, building material point of view. I think the other component, the lime, um, yes, lime uh, is, is made similarly to cement. Um, the only difference is that your lime is also burnt in a kiln like cement, but it burns at a lower the temperature. Lime is burnt at 950 degrees, where cement is burned at around 1,400 degrees. So there's less energy use. And then the second thing is your your lime reabsorb. Uh, carbon to set, um, and that's the, the the setting mechanism that you rely on uh, when you use lime. So, so the net effect uh, is that you sit with a with a green balance sheet. Um, if you look at a product like like Mcrete, um, and then the, to top it all, uh, the it's hundred percent recyclable. So your Mcrete product, our Mcrete product, use no um, cement or any uh, weird chemicals. So you can actually use this as a fertilizer uh, into your soil. It's very similar to your agricultural lime um, makeup. So, so yeah, in terms of the the two the two carbon um, challenges, embodied carbon, but also operational carbon, Hempcrete does uh, sort of tick both those boxes in terms of the embodied carbon footprint, as I explained, and then because of its great thermal properties, mm. it um, it's much more efficient on um, temperature regulation, so you need less uh, heating and cooling in winter and summer. Uh, just to give an idea, this building that we've done in Cape Town uh, doesn't contain any aircon. Um, so, so yeah, when you use Mcrete, your building is so much more energy efficient. Um, mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, that's basically, it's a mouthful, but uh, <laughs> that's Not it on Mcrete. Yeah, quick question on the, so we're talking about Mcrete as being something that um, has positive impact in terms of the embodied carbon emissions. Um, when you kind of factor in that process, potentially as a, a zero carbon um, building material, because it's kind of locking up carbon um, yes. when you compare that to maybe a concrete block. Um, and then also there's benefits uh, in terms of the operational cost because it has these therm these uh, these good thermal properties, helps regulate sure. the temperature better. And then you have... Um, less need for heating and cooling appliances but on the um so considering that hempcrete is beneficial from both of those sides are there any other materials at the moment that are positive in both of those areas because um like any comparisons out there mm -hmm. that match both positively in the embodied energy and also the operational side like it or is hemp yeah. kind of a 
fairly unique in that aspect. I think there's there's a few products out there, but it either addresses the one or the other, um, mm. and not both. Yeah. Um, so for for instance, um, there's some great initiatives around um, uh, recycling plastic, um, you know, building materials, for instance, which also lightweight and got great um, thermal properties. Um, but I think it all comes down to the to the raw materials. I mean, if you look at recycled uh, plastic material, that's great. But then if you look at the binders that's used, um, I think the, the some of the big questions around some of those materials are that um, if that catch fire or if it burns um, or if, you know, in the case of a fire, if those uh, gases evaporate, it's quite uh, toxic. Um, but, but yeah, the, uh, these, these, these good sort of alternatives out there. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Hempcrete is the, is mm. the only, um, you know, the only pro building material to address this type of challenge. But I think Hempcrete is quite a good all-rounder in terms of both the, the embodied and um, mm. operational carbon, mm. carbon footprint. I hope that answers yeah. your question. Yeah. And I, I think on the operational cost side as well, like we talk about the fact there's maybe less need for cooling appliances, heating appliances, and that would lead to less uh, carbon emissions. But from the perspective of the user or the homeowner, that also would potentially translate to cheaper, um, less 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 cost associated sure. with their, their energy bills as well. So it's a uh, seems like it can be a win win scenario where it's good for the planet, but also there's benefits for the user in terms of their costs, but also in terms of the experience within the home as well. Like if the yeah. temperature is regulated. Uh, Correctly, then it's just a more pleasant experience inside, and also the 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 humidity regulation aspect of it, um, the 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 living comfort of um, of a hempcrete house, um, and I think that's one of the 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 sort of drives the driving factors behind the Hemp Hotel as well and developers there was to give people the experience to come and stay in a a hemp based. Um, you know, living environment to experience that living comfort because it's very difficult to explain to to a, a potential client, you know, what it's like. You know, I can't explain living comfort. Mm. I can tell you what it feels like, but uh, you must, you know, experience it yourself. It. Actually, yeah. feels what it feels like. Mm. Um, but but yeah, there's definitely the the you know condensation um, and simple things like um, you know your sort of mist from a shower those type of things get regulated by your by your whole kind of um imp, uh, system which which is very interesting you don't have these condensation uh challenges uh you know or when we breathe at night uh when it's a cold night outside and we see this kind of um moisture on the window type of thing there's a lot of moisture that comes from our breath mm. uh you know in our household so so those type of things get regulated um mm. it's uh it's almost like when you you know, modern modern construction materials or the, or the the status quo, the construction materials that we use these days, are all um, promoted as waterproof construction materials, and we we try and waterproof as as far as we can. And it's almost uh, when we sometimes use the analogy, it's almost like um, of of wrapping yourself in, in cling wrap uh, mm. in a way. You know, it's so so yeah. Hempcrete gives you a, a a natural but also a very healthy living living environment. Interesting, interesting. Um, one thing I like to talk about with these these sorts of things is is how it can scale. So um, obviously, as you know, 
and we kind of talk about this fact at Empower as well. There's a backlog of 50 million or so homes in in Africa. Um, and so when we're talking about trying to scale solutions in this space, um, especially in the environmental kind of side, you can find environmental, like you see it on Google quite a lot. You have examples of um, uh, like sustainable homes that are good as one-off sorts of things. Um, but in terms of that being a scalable so- solution, it's, it's not always um, realistic. So in terms of hempcrete, um, what are maybe some challenges or opportunities with hempcrete in terms of scaling it as a, as a building material? Is it something that is kind of realistic when we look at trying to address some of this, uh, this backlog, housing backlog in Africa? Yeah, so I think there's, there's, I think like with anything, there's a lot of challenges, but there's also a lot of opportunities. Um, I think the, if, if we look at the challenges, um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, is the policy and regulation around, um, you know, hemp farming. So, so I mean, if you look at the, the whole value chain of, of hemp, let's say in Crete, for instance, uh, and, and just hemp production, it all starts with uh, firstly the, the genetics and then, and then the farming aspect of it. So, so the first thing, I mean, just from, from personal experience in, in South Africa at the moment, um, from, from a government uh, level, there's a lot of drive and assistance to, to try and assist the industrial industry to, you know, to come online and to, to start creating jobs. But, um, you know, the, the challenge is that we, our policy for hemp, uh, we've, we've basically, um, high level, just taken the, the medicinal cannabis um, policy and rules and regulations and copied and pasted into the industrial hemp, um, you know, farming. Uh, so to give a simple example, you your your medicinal cannabis framework, I mean, it's a it's an intensive crop, so it's it's small scale. So so uh, you know you don't need a lot of space. We're talking about you know you farm in square meters, um, so it's an intensive crop. Um, and it's 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 a high value crop. So you need small few square meters, and you can create quite a lot of revenue on that small scale. But with hemp, uh, and there's a lot of security, uh, you know, uh, rules and regulations, which is obvious reasons. But then if you look at hemp, um, hemp is a is a is a high volume, low value crop. So so a simple example is that you uh, the current. Um, the current framework, you have to have a fence around your industrial hemp farm. Now, if you if you take this, you know, this in practice, uh, the typical farmer that would grow hemp would be a farmer that, for instance, um, uh, is into to sowing. So, in other words, maize or grain or so. So, so you need a lot of volume. So you need, you know, a hundred plus hectares per farmer. Um, and the margins are quite thin. So you're competing effectively against other kind of sowing crops. Um, not necessarily competing, but, you know, in terms of if you look at, for instance, a maize farmer, hemp is a very good alternate crop to put nutrition nutrients in your back in your, in your soil. Um, but as soon as you have to go and fence your, let's say, 100 hectares of, of hemp farm, uh, that cost, in terms of the modeling, it just, uh, it's, a, it's a non-starter. And that's only one example of, of the of the policies. So, for from a policy point of view, uh, I think there's there's still a lot of um, you know things that needs to 
uh, change to assist farmers to actually look at this seriously. Um, we at the moment we are it's a big challenge to actually convince farmers to get to get going with them farming. Uh, so from a policy point of view, there's a, there's there's some challenges, but then also from a genetics point of view. Um, again, currently in South Africa, we we now in a position where we're importing all our our seed from uh, America, Europe, um, even China, and it's it's very costly. So again, it's a it's a costly uh, it's very costly for a farmer to start. So uh, a farmer would rather just stick to to what he knows and to what he's comfortable with, rather than than you know um, going into something like him. Um, and the other thing is obviously off tax. So because it's such such infant stages, um, you know, these the offtake are still coming online quite slowly. So I think it's going to be a process to, you know, it's going to be a few years still until the, you know, we we farming in but scale specifically in South Africa. But if I look at countries like Mozambique, Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe is probably a bit further ahead than South Africa in terms of legislation around hemp. Um, and then, you know, again, Mozambique, I'm aware of only one research permit that's coming online. So, so again, you, you can see that the rollout and the specifically policy um, is, a, is, a big, is a big obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I think scaling, it's, it's educating the, the downstream. We need more entrepreneurs and downstream businesses to pull that demand, um, to, be, to enable farmers to... to um, feasibly uh, farm hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the manufacturing side, again, it's there's capital needed to to scale up uh, manufacturing. So there's a few areas in the in the value chain that needs uh, you know that needs um, um, uh, some work on to actually scale this up properly. But I think on the positive side, uh, again, to, to grow hemp, uh, anybody can grow hemp. It grows like like a, a weed. Like a weed. Yes. Yeah. A weed. <laughs> um, so 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 it grows quite quite easily. Um and, and I think you know in Africa it needs a lot of sunshine, it needs water. Mm-hmm. Um and also it doesn't need that much water. Um so in countries uh, in certain areas of the country, specifically in South Africa now, where we have summer rainfall, you know, it it grows automatically. Look at our, our east coast, the eastern cape uh um in uh, it's areas where the plant uh, traditionally grows quite well. So, so automatically you have, um, you know, if you look at the farming, um, you look at the, the processing, you look at downstream manufacturing, uh, there's so much uh, job creation opportunities. And also the, the, the last point, um, you know, the whole plant can be utilized from stem to, to the seed, uh, you know, the flower, uh, and not necessarily in the cannabis space, now, if we talk about THC, but your minor cannabinoids. Um, and then, I mean, if you look at the food, I mean, hemp is a, is, is a superfood. There's so much uh, interesting uh, data that's becoming available, um, you know, from, from America, from Europe, and I think even from Australia on, uh, you know, the, the hemp foods, nutritional um, values for, for, for human and animal consumption. Mm. Quick question on the so the when you consider the the cannabis plant and you said that that you know pretty much every part of that plant could can be used can be converted into some sort of a product potentially. Um, the part that is used for hempcrete would that usually be something that was considered like less valuable, like the the part that is used for the hemp 
um, yeah, like could that be used for some other product or is that usually something that gets uh, kind of discarded? Um, yeah. So it's a very good question. Um, and I think, unfortunately for us, uh, our business is built around the lowest value component of the plant. But yes, to answer your question, the the hemp herd, um, so the part that we use for hempcrete, is probably the, the lowest value component of the whole plant. Um, and again, I mean, we've, we've had some interesting conversations over the last few weeks in South Africa around the, the, the misperception. People think, you know, they see dollar signs when they think of hemp and cannabis. But again, you know, industrial hemp, um, again, if you grow for specifically something like hempcrete, it's a, it's a, it's a low-value volumes um, exercise. Um, but that said, you know, you can utilize some of the other components. But yeah, the, the, the shiv or the herd, um, the, the core part of the plant that we then kind of chop up into a crush and screen into to the the, the aggregate that we use in increase is the lowest value component. Um, it does, however, make good uh, animal bedding. So, uh, you know, for your animal bedding market, uh, that that's that's a good product as well. So that's probably your competing market uh, when you look at the construction. Uh, you know, to choose if it's construction or animal bedding. Um, that's most probably the two main main markets that your 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 herd. Or your shift then gets uh, gets useful. Okay, um, we're nearing the end of the podcast. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to touch on? Um, no, look, I think uh, I think it's I think the over sort of the main thing is that we are in in the you know in a interesting phase, um, you know, in globally in terms of of the climate situation. Um, and it's, you know, we all have a choice. Um, so it's, if we, if we carry on with, with business as usual, we can't expect things to, to change. Mm. So, um, we know we need to take some, some, some different steps and different action to the business as usual. If we really want to make a change to, you know, uh, our climate situation, mm. um, so and yeah, I think uh, the exciting thing for us and is this that hempcrete and hemp um, is a option to mm. to a change in 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 the global um, carbon situation, but also in the in the housing challenge that we find in in Africa, mm. and uh, we're proud to be to be a, a pioneer in in Africa when it comes to to hempcrete. Uh, development and and construction. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that the 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 building industry attributes to forty percent, roughly, of the the carbon emissions globally. Did you say something along those lines? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and then of that forty percent, a percentage of that is embodied. Um, so ten ten percent is embodied, and then thirty percent is, is operational. Yeah. yeah. So if you can innovate in the space, and you know, let's say have materials like hempcrete that have a positive impact on both of those sorts of things, um, then that can have a you know a pretty drastic uh, effect. Considering that you know forty percent globally of the carbon emissions come from from this yeah. sort of industry, so it's pretty exciting um, hearing these sorts of innovations and. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned challenges around the value chain in terms of 
regulation, uh, the farmers, and also the manufacturing. But um, it seems like we are incrementally moving in the right direction. It seems. Is that your sense? No, definitely. I think, um, you know, um, it's sometimes it's, and this is the, the startups, probably a startup's curse, but uh, with any, you know, uh, startup business, there's a, that that first uh, that first stage is always challenging, and I think it's mm. even amplified when it's something in a new new sector uh, like like the hemp space in South Africa specifically. Um, mm. But sometimes, you know, one just need to pause and look back and see where we've been and where we are now to to realize that there's actually um, you know progress in the right direction. So no, definitely, I think we we're very upbeat um, by the progress this far. And I think we we're gonna see some we're gonna see some exponential um, growth in this sector within the next two years. So so we're very excited um, to to yes. take it to the to the next level. I like it. Um, I see you've got on the screen here some contact details. But for those that are just listening, how can uh, people uh, reach out to to you guys at Aframat Hemp? Yeah, so we we quite uh, active on our Instagram um, account. Uh, we normally post some some projects, always some visual um, uh, updates on our projects. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn page, and then uh, all our other information is on our website, um, Afrimat Hemp. Uh, so that's www.afrimathemp.co.za. And Afrimat stands for is short for African Materials. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the all our details normally have. So we'll we'll be starting to put some uh, some project updates on our website soon as well. So cool. uh, there's there's a lot of information on there. Yeah, and we'll add all these links obviously below. And for the final question, um, what excites you the most about the future of hempcrete? I think for me personally, um, the 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 vision. I think for all us, uh, our, found, our founders at Afrimat Hemp was was to make a to make a real difference. Um, and you know, I've for me personally, I have uh, I have two young kids, and I would love to to um, to leave the planet uh, in a better place, or at least not a worse off place, uh, when I leave this this planet one day. And I think that's something that's uh, that's quite personal, quite uh, that's that's feeling my passion. Um, so, so yeah. Hopefully, leave a leave a better, uh, leave a legacy, leave a better planet for my kids for one day. <laughs>